Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to the most valuable podcast on the interweb. It's your boy, SB. It's your boy, ID, and we are also joined by a very special guest in the building today. Somebody that I want to have come on for a long time because they do some extremely, extremely amazing work. We are joined by Martin Dan from GG3X3. Please, let's show him some love, let's show him some love, let's show him some love, let's show him some love. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, honestly, it's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure, as I said. He's been doing some really, really amazing work. And yeah, as you, as anyone that's listening in knows, um, whenever we have a debutante come on the pod, um, you know, we like to just give them a space, you know, give them the floor to speak about, you know, themselves, maybe what got them into ball, um, any work that they've been doing. I'm sure Mark has been up, well, I know that he's been up to a lot just by following his socials. I know he's been up to a lot. So yeah, please take the floor and yeah, let the people know what, you, what you've been up to. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, look, I've got to say it's an honour being on this pod. An absolute honour and a pleasure. I was waiting in the sidelines, waiting to be to see if I'd be asked to come on at some point. I've seen all the, all the previous guests and I was like, at some point I've got to be on this, you know. One of the most prestigious pods around. So, uh, so I appreciate you guys very much. Um, yeah, well, I'm, a, a really quick summary of me in that case. Um, I'm, I'm Martin and I'm a... I'm a big, big basketball fan. I love the game, um, but my my main focus is 3x3 basketball. So I'm an organizer, player, uh, consultant, and I, I would assume most people know me from the GG3x3, which is the UK's largest non-profit 3x3 basketball platform. And we're designed to make basketball accessible to everyone. So no matter person's race, age, background, size, ability, whatever it is, and we want them to be able to play basketball. And we, we champion the game through three-on-three basketball because it can bring so much to people on and off the court. So we do community-led initiatives, um, training young ballers. Uh, we run charity tournaments, um, like summer tournaments. And... Um, and, and I suppose what could be classified as kind of random acts of kindness in the community too. So putting up nets and helping to, helping to refurbish courts too. So it's all with the goal of just giving opportunities to ballers basically and, and helping them kind of on and off the court. Honestly, that is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, I <laughs> appreciate that. Um, so I know, especially um, the first thing I actually wanted to speak about was um you spoke about putting up nets mm. and I'm not sure if um, many people that um, are listening know, I hope they do because he's he done an amazing thing um, over the period of lockdown um, when loads of, <laughs> this is this has been going on for years even, but loads of nets just in or courts in communities um, around London, um, they've just been neglected pretty much. Yeah. Um, and Martin obviously has gone on to do, um, I think it was part of Project Swish, wasn't it? Um, by Basketball England. Um, and you decided to go and do your own challenge, putting up nets. Can you, you know, speak about that a little bit? What kind of prompted that? Um, and you know, what, um, what kind of entailed the process of putting everything together and you know, orchestrating it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was exhausting, but probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, I, I mean, I genuinely, genuinely believe, like, believe that. And um, so normally every summer we run a tournament, a summer tournament, and I was really prepared to run it this year, uh, last year. 
And um, obviously without the ability to doing that, I mean, one of the best things about it is bringing the community together and again, giving opportunities for ballers. And without that, I was thinking, okay, what else can we do in the community? What else can, can be done? Um, but it wasn't just about helping ballers being able to play the game. It was also about just spreading some positivity and some mm. inspiration. You know, last year was a really, really tough, challenging year for a lot of people. And basketball, I'm sure for all of you, you know, for both of you and anyone else that's listening, um, you know, basketball is like our go-to. You know, that's our escape. That's the thing that makes us feel better. Uh, when we're having a hard day, you go to the court, you shoot hoops. If you've got some people around you, then even better, but it doesn't really matter. Like you can just go to a court by yourself, shoot around yeah. and that's the escape. You know, I've, I've always, always felt better after playing. Always, no matter what is going on. So for me, um, it, was, it was kind of personal, you know, from, from my own experiences. And I saw that Basketball England had kind of reignited and kind of re re rejuvenated their Project Swish campaign, which they'd already launched the year beforehand. And Project Swish is essentially their grassroots campaign to help refurbish basketball courts and support local communities from a grassroots level. And um, I approached them and I said, I had this idea and I just said, hey, look, if you supply the nets, I will put a shout out to people in London, get them to request hoops, and I will go with a bunch of volunteers to put nets up. And I think at first, I mean, I'm not, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I think at first, basketball England were like, really, you're going to do what? Why, <laughs> why would you do that? You know, they were just like, I don't really get it. But we, we spoke a lot and we coordinated it and I kind of made a point and, and showed them how serious I was. I put together a really quick video, which was like a request video and sent it to them. And I said, look, you know, I'm putting time into this video to make requests, hopefully you see how serious I am. I will pull together the volunteers. I'll make it happen. We'll hire the cars. We'll make it work. You send the nets and the cable ties and the tape and, and we'll, we'll make it happen. The first thing that we did was to think about how, how could we do it? So originally it was meant to be a 24 hour challenge. So it was literally like from midnight to midnight was the idea. But then someone quite rightly said to me, well, courts are shut and also you're going to need lights. And I don't know if you want to be climbing over courts when they're closed as well. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's a fair point. So we changed it and the idea was um, we would do it in stages. So we do North, East, South and West. And that's kind of how the Nothing But Net London challenge was born. And um, over three months, we had 14 volunteers, um, including people like Temi from Team GB, uh, yeah. who was amazing. My, my sister, like, I mean, loads of people came. It was amazing, 14 volunteers. We traveled 200 miles across London and we put up, we put up 76 nets. Um, uh, and yeah, it was, it was raining some days and we got drenched on some days and some days it was baking, baking hot. And so we were just absolutely dying of heat and just like desperately trying to find water at the nearest place possible. Um, but it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And people said to me, I remember we went to um, Hackney and we went to the courts in Hackney and there was this guy playing as this girl and he turns around to us and he said, um, hey man, like, this is amazing what you're doing, but like, are you getting paid? And I, I turned around and I was like, no, we're not getting paid. And he turned around again and he said, well, why are you doing it? Why, yeah. why are you doing this? And he said, and also, why are you filming? Like, why aren't you just, I don't get it. Are you not getting paid? Surely you're getting paid to film, right? And this was the best bit about it. 
you know how I talked about it being inspirational and motivational? Yeah. So I wasn't the one that then answered. It was actually one of the volunteers, which made me feel really happy. And I think it may have been Scott who's basically been throughout the whole, the whole process. And Scott turned around and said, we do it for the community. We do it for the love of the game. Like, and, the, and the reason why we film it is because we want to show people that you can do it. It's that easy. And so from that moment on, it ended up being like, I had this little motto, which was small changes make big differences. Like, yeah. you know what it's like when you hoop. Having a net on a hoop is everything, right? Everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, people don't even get it. Like, uh, for, I mean, people that don't hoop don't, don't necessarily get it. But actually, yeah. people that don't hoop, once they've seen the net on a hoop and then they start playing on it, then they're like, oh, okay. All right, so it's easier to play on because the ball doesn't fly off. But also, it's that sound of that swish. And also, it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. And also, it's the <laughs> yeah. way that the court looks. When you get a brand new net on a hoop, it doesn't matter how old the court is, it doesn't matter mm. how bad the backboard is or how terrible the floor is, you get a brand new net on there, like this perfect one on it's like, oh man, yeah, this is sick. Like, this looks yeah. nice. Better. It's just better. Everything about it was just about bringing some positivity for so many different reasons. And uh, yeah, and so it took a long time to coordinate. And, um, you know, we, like I said, we, we traveled over 200 miles. I was very fortunate because someone donated some money so that we could actually hire uh, vehicles to drive around. Um, and also it means that I could feed the volunteers too because, you know, their welfare is key for me, right? Mm. I, can't, I can't have them collapsing whilst walking up a ladder. So uh, that's, that's not a good look. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience and it was just something to, um, you know, something to, something to do that, uh, that would really, um, really kind of encapsulate what, I, I really believe basketball in the UK is about, uh, like, which is about community and a grassroots level and spreading some love, basically. So, yeah, man, it was incredible. Yeah, awesome. That is... Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, like, and the thing is, I mean, obviously, we're an NBA, we're an NBA podcast, but I feel like we'd, we'd be doing a serious disservice to kind of just the UK community if we didn't bring light to people like you who are doing such an yeah. amazing thing right here you know on home soil and we talk about so much how um you know there isn't enough british talent or there isn't enough you know european talent in the nba and it starts from the uh, you know straight from um, places like where you put um, up nets right here grassroots level courts mm. around london around the uk and just the fact that you know you've gone on to do something like this i'm sure that this is something that's one inspiring um a whole generation of not only um kids but also um kids that want to play but also coaches you know people mm. that want to work behind the scenes because you know there is a whole host of things that goes into you know building up a community and i'm sure that just seeing the enthusiasm that you've put out is surely going a very 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 long way look i, I love the game you're yeah. absolutely right i love the game like and i see the benefits on and off the court you know it on the court it's like you know i mean look, we know it right teamwork leadership all those things respect but then off the court organizing it is also about teamwork like it's what you brings off the court too but there's also just this element of like having fun you know playing the game when when we went down there i think i want to remember exactly where we were but we were, we played at this park and we put out some nets and as soon as we did that like kids from like seven eight years old started playing on these hoops all the way through to adults that were about to play, like these guys that were wanted to shoot on the hoop. But the thing was, they weren't like, hey, can you just get off now? 
everyone respected what we were doing. Mm. Everyone had love for what we were trying to do. And then Sam Nita from Hootspix, who lives across the road, saw us literally out the window was like, what What are you guys doing? Why? This is my local park. And then Sam went and put up shots too. So it was like, you know, it was, it was an amazing experience. So we had so many times like that where, you know, we even um, we went down to one park. There were some kids playing football and we had a spare basketball. And I said to Scott, hey, look, you know, let's pump it up and let's give it away. But we'll only give it away if the guy makes the shot. So... And so there were so there were these three of them, and we filmed it as well. And um, there were three of them, and the smallest one must be like a younger brother or something like that. And he took the ball, he made the shot the first time. Everyone's going crazy. He then gets the ball, and we went up to the other net. And we were like, "Hey, look, you know, well done. Like, here's the ball." We were expecting them to just like put it down and start playing, like playing football again. We went yeah. up to the other hoop. Five minutes later, we turn around. And the three of them are now playing basketball. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, big win. Because <laughs> <laughs> now it's about inspiring people to play. Yeah. Know? As well as everything else about it, it's actually getting people to play it and, and enjoy the game. So, yeah. I mean, but, but you're absolutely right. You know, you look, even NBA players all start on a court. Everyone, yeah. starts, everyone starts on a home court. So w- maybe we made the difference between someone playing and not playing. Who knows? Yeah. You know, and the thing worth, is... Worth it. And the thing is with with basketball, and that's what annoys me so much because basketball is actually one of the most played sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, in in the country. You know, just from kind of like um, a youth sport level kind of um, perspective. So just seeing just how many courts around the UK um, that you had to personally go and put up nets at and yeah, I had yeah. to go and you know try and d- do some sort of just you know it's it's just the net, but. It, as we, um, you know, discussed, it means so much to the game and the fact that so many of them um, didn't have anything, you know, it's, it's just something that, you know, it's just barriers um, to, you know, properly practising and playing the game. Never mind you know, the actual state of, you know, the the gravel or, you know, um, other things. Because yeah. I remember seeing um, some, uh, what's it, some courts that you went to and it was literally just the hoop and it was a patch of bro, grass around. Bro, honestly, <laughs> we, okay, so we, we honoured the requests. Okay. Yeah, so we actually had 83 courts requested and I was like, yeah, we're not getting there. We're not getting to every single one of them. But we had 83 courts and we just we split it out between North, South, East and West. And we said look, North, South, East and West End. I said, look, we're going to try and make as we're going to do as many as we possibly can in these four stages that we do. One net and we drive to, to this hoop. Now, some requests were crazy because they were like in a school or like and I was like, we can't get in. Like, come on. Like people didn't realize that we're actually as a team go waking up at like 9 a.m. Everyone comes to mine at half past nine. We have a little briefing. We get in the car and we go and we come back at 8 p.m. or 10 p.m. Whatever it is like we're spending like a full day going out. And some people are like, oh, can you just come and do my net? Um, but some some requests were like the ones that you saw. Um, so I just posted just posted up like a, a, a quick summary of some of the courts. And one of them, oh, man in the middle of a park, in the middle of nowhere, just there's no concrete, there's no gravel, it's just grass and a hoop. And it was raining that day too. But, and so, and so I'm like turning around to everyone, I was like, and, and I remember that some people who were in the volunteer group were like, are you sure you want to do this one? Like, should we actually do this? But we honored it, we honored every request, as many as we possibly could. So I said, look, we've got to do this. So we have the ladder, it's raining, we're putting up the net, and, uh, and there's a shot of me with my hood up with Millie, 
who um, is the said daughter of one of the volunteers, Scott, and she's like rebounding. And I just put up this shot and it hits and I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> We're out, let's go, that's enough. Because <laughs> the rule is if you put up the net, you have to make the shot, right? We always make shots on the nets that we put up. So, um, so we went there, oh my God, that request was awful. I mean, whoever requested that call, if you're actually listening to this, like, I hope you appreciate the fact that we even went there. <laughs> but, I hope they're playing on it. Yeah, I hope they're on it now. Yeah, I hope they're on it every day, practicing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, but it's been amazing. The response has been, you know, incredible too. So, you know, I'm I'm very I'm thankful to have to have the opportunity and also the support from Basketball England to to do it. You know, without them providing all the nets and supporting it, allow me to do takeovers and stuff. Like we wouldn't have had the reach. You know, wouldn't be able to spread the positivity as much. So, and you know, and and as far as the volunteers concerned, some people came up from Portsmouth to help. Like, honestly, like took a took a trip, like took the train. I really want to come and help. Can I come help? Cool. Yeah. Come do something. You know. Yeah. People just feel like it's amazing because it also provides the opportunity for people to help, and I mm. love that. I love. You know, that's why the GG three X three. That's why I call it a platform because it is a platform it's a platform for people to help out behind the scenes it's a platform for hoopers to hoop it's a platform to spread some love it's a it's a platform for collaboration yeah yeah that's one of the greatest things about it really i think that's the that's the beautiful thing about basketball that makes it different from so many other sports is that it really does lend into that kind of community spirit Mm. in a way that like if you're going to play football most of the time you're already going with the people you're going to play with Whereas, like you said, basketball, you can just turn up. And even on that, I'm a beneficiary of one of the the, the um, courts where you put a, mm. a net up. And, like, there's been days where I've gone there. It's just me. 20 minutes later, someone comes, oh, can I get a shot? Mm. And then we're playing for, like, 20 minutes. Or I go there, there's a few people, we're doing three-on-threes. And everyone's, like, so many comments I've heard about, oh, I'm so glad there's a net here now. And it's just something like that is just so important. I think especially, you know, post-lockdown where people have been inside all day, barely interacting with anyone, just going to play basketball, it's just, it's such a comfortable interaction because you can just, you can just play, interact, have fun, make new friends. And, you know, just having that, it's just, it's just, it's such an important thing. And it's so, it's so needed like everywhere, especially in London, especially now. So it's like hats off for like all the work you've done so far. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Hey, look, same, same goes for you guys. I mean, like the, that's the thing it's about you know if you've got the passion to do it mm. and it's really just about making it happen honestly yeah that's that's really what it comes down to it's about making it work and and actually if you really want something to happen you can do it that's really what it comes down to a lot of people complain about no nets and i get it and you know there's a lot of things in british basketball that people talk about which we can or can't get onto up to you but the way that i see it is you know, I'm, I'm thankful to be in the opportunity that if I want to really try and make something happen, I will. And, you know, basketball is my thing. Like, I'll provide as many, as many opportunities and do as much fun stuff as we possibly, possibly can and do it for a good cause too. That's what it's about. Honestly, honestly. And, um, yeah, and you're one of those people, again, providing opportunities in a variety of ways. And one of the other ways that you're doing it, as you have it on your chest right there, the 3x3, GG3x3. Yeah, um, so yeah, for anyone, what are you going to say, SP? I'll just say, great t-shirt. 
Wow. <laughs> Thank you, man. Rare, rare, limited edition. Handed to me by Fever 383 in Amsterdam. That is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, anyone listening? Um, Martin is the founder and the overall, you know, leader of the um, GG3X3, um, you know, basketball competition. Um, I'm not going to be the, try and be an expert and speak on it. So, yeah, I'm going to let you <laughs> take the floor and, you know, explain everything that's going on with that. You know, how did it, how did it start? How did it come about? Um, sure. How have you been running it? Um, you know, any pitfalls, successes, those kind of things around the competition? Oh, yeah, an honour, an honour, man. I'd lo- I love talking about the tournament. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy because it started off as a one-off charity event in 2017 and that was in memory of a friend of mine like one of my best friends we used to play basketball with and sadly he passed away to cancer and um yeah it was it was very tough like he's a young guy he was you know we play ball every week you know um and uh and it was just yeah it was it was an absolute tragic and and devastating experience but you know i'm I'm very much the kind of person where if there's a problem, I always try and look for a solution. So this wasn't any different. This was, you know, there's something horrific that's happened and what's something positive that we can do to bring out of it. So I basically um, wanted to create something in his memory and thought what better way than do a tournament, you know, do some kind of event that could do it in his memory. So the GG3X3, actually, that's an abbreviation because the actual full term is the George Goldstone three-on-three charity basketball tournament. So, um, But the GG3X3 has now become what it's known for because it's become a platform, right? So, But it originally started off as the George Goldstone charity tournament. And, um, you know, it was, it was an amazing experience. I actually ended up doing a lot of research, speaking to a lot of people, um, you know, shout out Sam Meter again and, and Julius and Ball Out. A um, whole load of people that I spoke to about events and tournaments and getting the community involved. And uh, we ran a very small event um, in a school in North London called JFS, where George and I used to play. Uh, so it had like a, you know, had a lot of memories to it. Um, and we had something like, I don't know, 10 or 12 teams mixed, you know, guys and girls. Um, we had some food from local supplier. My brother, who was amazing, helped, helped me get a sponsor for the jerseys. Ordered some jerseys, which was incredible. A little bit of merch, like T-shirts, you know, like classic stuff. My brother-in-law designed the logo. I put a, like a really basic website together. And we were like, let's just see how it goes. And um, we went there uh, and I like briefing volunteers. And I'm like, oh man, this is actually happening. Because as you, as you know, when you create something, once, you, once you're preparing something and you're organizing something, until you're actually there, it's all talk. Like it's all emails. It's all, can you be there? Can you make sure this is happening? And then suddenly it's like, oh, wow, I've got like 10 volunteers here and I've got teams turning up. It's like, oh, snap. Okay, there's a bit of pressure now. And then, um, and then my friend who runs a function band came with like um, with some speakers um, and I'll tell you what is the funniest thing is, and I, I love this. So we had a mini dunk contest, like a little dunk contest. So I'm, I'm big on dunk contests, right? Which we'll get onto as well. But um, he, dunk contest starts. And I said to him, hey, look, we just need like a, uh, like a, a nice hip hop playlist. Okay, nothing crazy. Just something like, you know, some nice beats in the background. He's like, I got you, don't worry. 
Anyway, the first song, now bear in mind, there's families. It's the first one in memory of my friend George. Yeah. We've got people there that have donated items, that are spending money for charity as well, for cancer charity. So the way we work is essentially we raise money for charity, right? So, so far, uh, in total, we've raised 16,000 pounds for other charities already. Wow. Yeah. So, so we're raising money for charities and those charity ambassadors are there. Done contest is happening. My friend Paul puts on his playlist and he goes to get a drink or something like, or go get a sandwich. First song that comes on, NWA, brilliant. F the police, brilliant. Thanks, man. Not even the clean version. Not the clean <laughs> version, all right? No radio edits, nothing. Oh. And I'm like this on the mic. I'm like, so ne next up on the Doug we and it's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. I, I, I'm like looking for my friends and he's at one side of the hall because it's a double court, one side of the hall. And I look at him and he looks at me and we have like the moment where we both like, holy shit. It was like, so he runs. I've never seen him run so fast. He <laughs> runs all the way across to the DJ's there. And he's like, skip, skip straight away. Like, skip. Anyway, it's hilarious. Anyway, so yeah, so um, apart from that one hiccup, um, it went it went amazingly and um you know like it was really exhausting but it was incredible and um uh, george's family were, were there so his parents came down for it they come down every year for the tournament um he was married for a year as well so um mm. so his wife came down too we ran a raffle we did a load of stuff and it was just um everything about it was amazing like aside from that one moment everything about it but even that was a funny funny moment right Everything about it was incredible. And um, to have the logo on the jerseys and people playing in the logo, you know, with his name on it was just an incredible moment. Mm. And, and to think that it wasn't just me, like I had support, you know, teams, family and friends putting in to help me run it. Um, even the school at the time had given us a discount because they knew us. Um, you know, everyone had basically pitched in to make this event happen. And afterwards, I was like lying down, like exhausted from this event. We had like 12 teams, first one I've ever done. And I'm just like, oh man, that was amazing, but I'm dead. Mm -hmm. And then I get messages the next day. That was amazing. When are you doing it next year? And I'm like, oh my God, man, give me a break. Like give me a day to chill. Um, but it's amazing. The feedback's always amazing. And so Basically, the, the, the way it works is that every year I try and lift, I try and raise the level every single year. So in the second year, rather than just having one group of people, we had men's challenge and men's elite. So two categories. But I also wanted to create something for kids. So we also had a Ball for Life clinic. So I created this thing called Ball for Life, which I thought was a nice hashtag for it. Everyone says Ball is life. I was like, Ball for life, because we're also raising money to save lives. Mm -hmm. um, so we did Ball for Life and Lamar from RDF came and he coached the kids. And at that point in the second year, um, they had drilled into the floors and flooded the courts by accident. So yeah, this was like Friday night before the Sunday of the event. And yeah, yeah. They, yeah. shout out to my parents for that one because I was outside their drive about to have dinner at theirs. And, um, and my mom opened the door and she's like, oh, I thought I heard your voice and I'm like, can't talk right now i'm like i'm trying to work out what i'm going to do on sunday because now rather than 10 teams or 12 teams we've now got 20 teams or whatever it is you know mm. and we've also got a kids clinic so actually on the sunday morning at 7 a.m 
uh, or on the Saturday, I went to buy uh, hoops from Costco and we built courts outside. So 14, 15 volunteers built the hoops outside, the hoop systems outside and painted the court on a netball court outside the school, like beside the wow. school. And I was like, and then we ran that and that was incredible. That was amazing. That went really well. And fortunately during that year, um, the guys from Dunk Elite, um, who I kind of have a small relationship with prior to that anyway, came and judged. So Joel, aka the Royal Guard, uh, Jordan Sutherland was over with Dunk Elite and the guy that runs Dunk Elite was there as well. And then I had Ashley Hamilton and Lamar as my judges too. So we had a small dunk contest. Now I love dunk contests, mainly because I'm like just projecting my own wishes, right? Like, I feel you, man. I feel you. 100%. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> like when you see him dunkers fly, I'm like, yeah, you do your thing. <laughs> um, but they were amazing. Like they came along, they judged it. It happened to be the hottest day of the year. So it was just, it was an incredible vibe. We put the DJ outside. My friend literally last minute provided a gazebo and we basically just ran this event. And it was sick, like it was incredible. And then after that, everyone was like, that was amazing when you do next year. And I was like, oh man, obviously I'm doing next year. Because <laughs> now, now we're on a roll. Well, uh, people want. <laughs> yeah, I had to give the people what they want. Yeah, so it was just, no, look, it, was, it was amazing. And, um, and that's when I decided that we need to change the venue. So. Uh, not because of the flooding, but just, you know, want to make it bigger and better. And then mm. in 2019, um, it's, yeah, it just turned into essentially, you know, the biggest one-day three-on-three tournament in the UK. Uh, we had women's, men's challenge, men's elite. Um, we had food outside, DJ in the middle, a little VIP area sponsored by ProDirect. Um, shout out to them. We had the guys, Pure Kicks. Uh, doing a takeover, which, as mm. you imagine, was was crazy. Yeah, that, yeah that was amazing. That was amazing. Um, whole load of people, and then you know, like we had throwback stool with a stool. Uh, Dean Crookshank, Ginger Shack, and um, and Boston Brit there. You know, showing some love and and volunteering and shugs and God, there were just so many so many people that were volunteering. But the, the yeah, big and being royalty right there. Yeah, it was good. It was, yeah, man, it was it was sick. Like, the, the, you know what it's like. The UK people fam is a family, right? I mean, we don't just yeah. say fam for a re- like it is a family. Yeah, so everyone was there, and um, and that was amazing. And uh, the dunk contest was just ridiculous. Like we had so this time, Joel and Jordan participated in the dunk contest. So I flew Jordan Sutherland over. We had a guy called Johan Limi from France come over, mm. and and. I mean, that was just ridiculous. Like, that dunk contest was crazy. We had a raffle. We tried to raise some money, too. And, uh, and yeah, and so that's where we are now. So now it's, like, every year is levying up, levying up. And, um, you know, last year I had big, big, big plans. But, sadly, that didn't work out. So, yeah. So, hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, this year, everyone's been announcing their events. I'm kind of I'm holding off until I had a few, a bit of confirmation. But, mm. yeah. I'm very, very hopeful to be running my event this year. So, yeah. So um, is that kind of like a semi-confirmation that GG3X3 is back? Yeah. If you, want, if you want, there will be a GG3X3 tournament this year. There we go. What we like to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to give people exclusives. 
Hey, we appreciate it, man. What about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it will be this year, and it will be crazy. <laughs> I mean, the conversations I'm having, man. So look, I, I love three on three basketball. Like, I love, I, I love what FIBA three x three are doing too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of conversations um, with, you know, pretty much as you would classify the powers that be regarding the game across the world. I'm very fortunate that over the past four or five years, I've made some really good friends with pro players as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this year has just been amazing. You know, like you said, you know, during COVID, you've had the opportunity to speak to people that maybe you may not have had the opportunity to. It's the same for me as well. Mm. Um, I really, really believe in the game in three on three. I really believe that three on three will provide, I genuinely believe this, will provide Great Britain and athletes around the UK to, to have more of an opportunity to play in at different levels. And I mean the very highest levels. Um, and I think it will be the vehicle to do that for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, like, you know, it's, it's in the Olympics this year. Yeah. First time in the Olympics this year. Qualifiers will be in Austria next year. Uh, sorry, next month with, um, with the Olympics this year. Hopefully they go ahead. And then next year is Birmingham and the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, um, you know, if you are not on three on three right now, like you will be, honestly, honestly. 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 And the thing is, with with three on three basketball as well, it's something that we've as basketball players that have played, you know, just in local parts. It's something that we, uh, you know, unconsciously play all our lives. Like you don't tend to really play five on five on these courts because they tend to be kind of packed. You don't really play a lot of full court. You usually play a lot of half half court sets. So it yeah. tends to be a lot of, you know, three on three or maybe four on four, um, especially just, you know, we're just getting people, enough people into a court. So it's something that I know I for sure have, de- have definitely played pretty much my entire life, but I haven't really taken that step to, you know, go, go into actively, you know, looking into three on three basketball. And I know it's something that I definitely, definitely want to need to do. And I'm definitely going to try and push alongside all of the work that you're doing. So yeah, definitely is something yeah. that, really need to you know get locked into because it's coming and it's coming fast mm. yeah i think people are really really going to take to it mm. really going to take to it because like you said it's just something that we just do i know in particular like most people don't like playing five on five because it just ends up being like just doing suicide with the basketball in your hand <laughs> everyone's just running up and down just missing layups yeah, yeah. it's like three on three is something that we're we're very used to it's not like time that's strange or like you know, it's like a new version of the game. It really is something that we're all used to. And I think there's a lot of room for growth in that. And it's, it's exciting to kind of see where it goes and how big it can get. So, well, yeah. you guys, Like you said it already, right? When you go to a court, who expects to play 5-on-5? Five five? No one. Yeah. No one expects to play at your local court. Like, I don't go there and I'm like, like suited up, ready to play fives. Like, mm. no, no one does that. You expect to play 2-on-2 two or 3-on-3. Two three three. Mm. It is just the natural form of the it is the, the sport in its most natural form from a grassroots level yeah like you, you yeah. find that too right so um so for that reason i also find that it will be one of the most accessible ways of, of accessing sorry one of the most easy easily accessible ways of people getting into the sport so yeah if you haven't played the game before get on the court play three on three yeah but rules are slightly different obviously when it comes to like FIBA FIBA rules yeah. everything's you know, there are slight nuances, slight differences to just playing on a regular half court. Like, there's no check ball. 
you know you don't check the ball in in three on three in like FIBA three on three rules um you played 10 minutes up to 21 but but to be fair up to, up to 21 playing twos and ones that's what you do anyway yeah so it's like if you're not playing to 11 7 11 you're playing 31 like that's you know that's game so um yeah so that's why i also think it's just um it, there's just something about it that um i think is is gonna be really intriguing engaging for people who are that like you guys that play the game but also people that that don't and um you know, like, obviously, you talk about NBA a lot, right? So, mm. one of the, Rick Barry, one of the greatest shooters of all time, his yeah. son, his son, Camion, plays three on three. He's in the USA squad. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the granny shot as well. <laughs> free throws. Free throws. Does the granny shot free throws. It's a high percentage, dude. Honestly, it's crazy. Fair. Fair. It's crazy. Um, and, um, and a guy that I know very well called Steve Sir is a good mm. friend and um, absolutely brilliant guy. Plays for Canada. And Alberta, he's he. I believe he holds the highest percentage for three-point shooting in college history, and he plays wow. three. He plays FIBA three and three, and he'll be in the qualifying tournaments coming up soon too. So, you know, like, uh, and 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 obviously you've seen with the big three in the state, mm. yeah, with Ice Cube, you know, yeah. he he's creating a tournament which is three and three for retired NBA players. Yeah. Um, so the game itself just allows people to have more touches on the ball. Um, you know, you can be a you know, it's great if you're a two way player and you can play both offense and defense, but generally, it's just like you know, if you're a big and you've always played big on five and five, as soon as you play three on three, you don't get to do that, you don't get to have that position, you have, mm-hmm. to, be every, you have to be everything. Obviously. So, it's also a really challenging game as well. Yeah, it, it makes you think everyone has to be a leader on the court, but everyone has to be a, a good teammate too. Yeah. So, it's it's exciting. It's a really exciting game to play. Exhausting, but good fun. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not a lot of skill. And I feel like, as you said, this this could definitely be another avenue for you know aspiring players to get themselves noticed. You know, people that are up and coming, you know, 16, 17, 18, you know, trying to really get themselves out there, maybe try and forge a pass for themselves to get into Europe or maybe even to the league one day. Um, this can definitely be something that can showcase their talent and really, you know, put put the world on alert. If they're, you know, 16, 17 going up against grown men, killing it, it's three, three on three or four on five, skill is skill. So people will notice kind of things. So. Yeah, definitely. The amount of times people have told me that are pro players that have said, oh, yeah, playing threes has helped my five and five game. So a lot of five and five players play three on three, right? And, mm. you know, because it makes you, I mean, well, first of all, it's, I mean, not saying that there's always ISO, but there is a lot of it, right? Yeah. But you're also, but you're also playing a lot of like a lot of two games. So there's a lot of screening, there's a lot of pick and rolling in in um in in three on three basketball. Um, you could be really smart with the space, like on the, at the half court, you know, mm-hmm. really clever with the space. And all of these all of these attributes that you that you learn from three on three, people take to their five on five game. Yeah. You know, no one says, oh yeah, no, it ruined me for five on five. Like, yeah. No one said that. Everyone says, "Yeah, this has definitely helped my game for sure." Yeah. Um, so yeah, for sure. Why not? Like people could grow up playing three and three. They could play pro, and then maybe it takes them to the league. Who knows? Yeah, definitely going to help. Shot creation. Oh, for sure, for sure. Helps me with rebounding because I'm not I'm not particularly big, but like when you're playing three on three and it's just <laughs> out, like you figure out how to box out, you figure out all of those kind of things, how to kind of worm around. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of transferable skills. Definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, it's a really good point. 
Yeah. And I, I love what you said about it being like the most easily accessible way. Because like if you're you go into a court and you see people playing five on five, you see everyone running up and down, you're just going to be like, nah. But like when you play three on three, people of so many different shapes and sizes, all able to play with like different levels of skill. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrific. And it's definitely, it's definitely a way that can help people who do want to play five on five, you know, develop their game. Definitely. And I, and I, I tend to call it fourth quarter basketball. So when people say to me, what's three on three basketball, I call, it, I call it fourth quarter basketball because a lot, I, I always hear this term like, oh, you know, basketball's only good in the fourth quarter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, man, like why? You obviously are not watching the whole game, right? But a lot <laughs> yeah. of people that say that to me, I'm like, well, you obviously, like, you obviously don't get a game, right? If you think it's just about the fourth quarter. Mm. But having said that, to make it obvious and clear about how good it is, the fourth quarter can sometimes be, not always, can sometimes be the most stressful, can be the most intense quarter, right? And so I tend to sometimes, I, you know, whether that's the wrong thing to say, I'm not entirely sure, but for some people that don't necessarily get the game, if I describe it like that, they go, oh, okay, so there's like added pressure. And I'm like, yeah, like it is intense. You know, like with no check ball as well, you have to be on offense or defense straight away. Like it is super, super quick. You, yeah. have, to get in, you have to get into space. You can be killed by a team who are shooters. And again, can be really, really quick. Um, there was a recent tournament uh, called ULE, which, is, uh, uh, which was in Russia. And um, I believe it was Riga finished the game in like five, like five minutes because they just shooters. They're just constantly shooting, shooting the ball. But I love the fact that um, the fact that one team could be amazing shooters, the other team could be really quick, so they could really good at getting this to the hoop. Another team could be really big, and so they're just getting through and they're just like knocking it down. But you know, there there are so many random teams around the world as well. So like Romanian teams or Manila teams, like there's so many random teams around the world that you wouldn't necessarily think were hooping nations that have become amazing at three-on-three basketball mm. um, because it allow, it gives them the opportunities to do that. So why can't we? Like We should have an incredible team. Like We should have an amazing team. So that's, uh, that's one of my, that's one of my like, big goals. My big goal there. So yeah, it'll get there. We'll get there. 100%. And I'm with you. I'm 100% with you on the fact that we should have a good team because obviously I've grown up um, playing basketball with how Lord knows how many people that have played like kind of national league um, in the UK. Certain people, you know, played at university level. Um, various people that you know have gone abroad, etc., etc. And the UK has talent. It has bags and bags and bags of talent. So just the fact that, for for example, I would um, what's it? The UK team finally reaching a Eurobasket. Um, you know, getting to the competition yeah. there is showing that you know we're starting to you know put the pieces together and finally finally get our act together and get the talent that is needed into the team and you know get the right right tactics together and the games are finally coming in our direction kind of thing so you know with that hopefully we'll be able to replicate that 3x3 you know be able to further perpetuate it through that so I, I'm very very optimistic I'm extremely optimistic about this and um, I just wanted to quickly ask for anybody that would want to get into three x three basketball, just basketball in general, um, or even maybe you know um, get involved with GG three x three. What would you, um, you know, advise them? Well, there's a, there's a few things, right? So, like, first of all, if playing three x three, go down to your court. <laughs> like, like you have both said, right? And like, I totally agree with you. If you go down to a court, 
and most of the time you're going to play twos or threes, right? So just get just get used to playing in it. And you know, sometimes going down to the court that you don't know can be quite daunting. Yeah, but most I'd say most of the time ballers are quite friendly people, right? I think I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Um, so it can be quite daunting going down to a court that you don't know and there's people playing on there. But I would just get onto a court and and start playing. That's the first thing. The um, the second thing is um, I would start watching a lot of three on three. So FIBA on their website, FIBA three x three, they um, they they do a loads of stuff. So on YouTube, on Facebook, they're showing highlights. They show the best games. They stream the main tournaments live as well. So yeah. you, can, you can watch a lot of that stuff too. Um, you'd be surprised about how people just haven't bothered watching a game. But if you watch it, you're going to see it and you're going to see how engaging it is. It's incredible. Um, and then the another thing is um, I will get onto the GD3X3 in terms of how to support that. But one of the things is, um, and I, I might as well bring this up, is, um, is the courts, right? So the court renovation regeneration. So I'm working with a university at the moment called Rittle in Essex. And they are designing the first one helping. I'm basically the basketball consultant for them, which is crazy because I didn't even know there was a basketball consultant, but I've kind of like, that's my term, right? So I'm like, cool. I'm a three X three basketball consultant for Rittle university college. And they decided that they wanted to design three on three basketball courts. And so mm -hmm. they approached me and asked me to help them. And they understand how big the game is going to be. Um, and the fact that it may draw more students to them as well um, mm. and, and create you know, really even more engagement, but also offer an opportunity for students that haven't, haven't been ever you know, offered anywhere else. So I, I work with them. Uh, I'm working with them on designing these courts. And I've got an amazing artist who's going to be coming in and, and painting them as well. And um, another way of kind of being engaged in stuff is to help with the refurbishment and regeneration of courts. So it could be like a university and either helping going down there maybe. So they've got a launch event on the 3rd of July. So maybe it's about going down there and checking out the courts. Um, but it could also be um, helping to refurbish your own court, yeah. right? So I know it seems like a bit of a random way of getting into three on three basketball, but what if you've got a half court somewhere yeah. and it needs a bit of refurbishment or maybe it just needs a net like we were talking about before. Yeah. Suddenly you get some hoopers down there and suddenly you invite some people down there and you go, okay, well, look, I just need me and five other guys. Let's play. Mm. So actually taking care of your local court is really important too. And as far as the GG3X3 is concerned, DM anytime. Email, DM, call me. I'm always available. Um, you know, we're, we're running a, something called the Bull for Life Community Project right now. Mm. I, was, I was very lucky to have secured uh, government funding for um, thanks to Basketball England and Sport England, uh, government funding for something called the Tackling, it's from the Tackling Inequalities Fund. So it's basically about, it's about helping uh, kids from underprivileged backgrounds um, and also anyone with learning difficulties uh, to play the game. So we're, we're basically coaching uh, kids with three groups, one in Enfield called the Enfield Scorpions, Safe Haven Basketball that teaches uh, young people with learning difficulties basketball, and then Sidings Community Centre in Kilburn. And um, yeah, and like, you know, we could always do volunteers to help with stuff like that. You know, um, we may be doing some more, might put some more nets up, could always do with help with that. Um, and of course, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything goes ahead, we'll be, help, we'll be holding a, a camp, like a basketball camp for kids. 
and um, and that will be just ahead of the summer tournament. So, yeah, I mean, if anyone is listening that wants that is that is not bored of my voice yet, that wants to help volunteer for the tournament, man, yeah, we need that because it is going to be massive. Like, without a doubt, the biggest one day three on three tournament in the UK ever. Like, it's going to be huge. So, yeah, anytime. So, gg3x3.com or hit me up at, at the gg3x3 on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter, Martin Diane. Um, anyone can anyone can get involved. Like, yeah, that's what it's about. I love it. I love collaborating with people. People that want to do stuff in the basketball community. Cool. Let's let's make it happen. Let's do it. I, I honestly implore everyone listening, follow <laughs> all of those pages. Like honest, like if you just see all the content that he's been putting out, um, well. He's really building a community through his page. Martin is doing an amazing thing. Like even with the lockdown series where you were speaking to like loads of like street mm. stuff like that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, like you're really doing amazing things just across the board. Um, and you're really, you know, just bringing these people together. And it's it's absolutely phenomenal and amazing to see. So I just I yeah. Oh, thank you, man. I tell you what, I didn't know we were gonna get bone collector, by the way. I hadn't like I was like, I didn't I wasn't sure that was gonna happen. Mm. Um, but I mean, so Joey, so we spoke to King Handles first mm-hmm. and then, which was amazing. It was a great conversation. And then, um, and then yeah, Bone Collector after that and Bone Collector came on and he's like wearing his sunglasses and I'm like, yeah, he's ready to chat. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is like, this is Bone through and through. Um, but he was great. He gave, he gave some good insight. And then, um, and then Temi after that was amazing too. Um, the idea is like, Yes, okay, if we couldn't get out during lockdown, let's do something else that's motivational, something else where everyone can get a bit of value from stuff. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that was an ama- that was amazing actually. That was really cool. I really, I really enjoyed speaking to them. I've, I will, as you guys can imagine, I've just got so much content there that I'm just like so much content. And now I've got like, okay, I need to like get some time just so I can chop up some of this stuff and <laughs> put it out. Because it's just yeah it's crazy it's, it's amazing though and i appreciate you watching though as well thank you man had to, had to tune in had to tune in appreciate that. so yeah for anyone listening please please do get involved with gg3x3 please do tune into you know fever3x3 as well get a look yeah. everything that is happening with that because you know that's a big space that is really really beginning to bloom blossom mm. and gain popularity over here so please do tune into that but but with that being said we are an NBA podcast, and <laughs> wrong if we didn't discuss the NBA, especially with everything that's been going on recently. As you, as you guys know, we've been off for a few weeks, so that means we have a lot to dissect. But you know, we're gonna a lot. pretty well. I say pretty concise, but we never do. But we're gonna try anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, just quickly, Martin, can you let the people know who it is that you rock with in the NBA? Do I have to? Please, please. <laughs> I mean, now's a good time to be fair. Like we were saying, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. After a recent win, I'm happy to say I'm an Orlando Magic fan. <laughs> there we go. That's my. So dream. yeah, as the people, as the people know, the Magic have been going through a lot recently. It's it's been a it's been a very bumpy road. But one thing I wanted to start off with was Magic blowing it up, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. How did you feel? I mean, we're going to get onto everything that's been happening recently in a sec. Don't worry. I haven't forgotten about it. 
All I right, just cool. wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, Magic completely burning up, unloading the truck. You know, yeah, you, yeah. Um, the letting go of your three kind of main stars on the team. I mean, let's be honest, like, I was gutted that Vooch went, all right? I mean, the thing is, everyone kind of knew that he's, like, a double-double machine. Um, but but it was... And, and, like, we knew he had to go at some point, right? Yeah. The guy's an all-star player, but underrated, to say the least, right? He just doesn't... He never got really got the love that he, he, was, he, he was due, really, really got the respect that he was due playing for Orlando. Um, and whether that was because of the wins and losses or just because it's Orlando and yeah, that's what it's about. You know, it was it was time for Vooch, and I hate to say that, but it really was. Mm. And um, yeah, like um, you know, obviously kind of play with Zach is insane, right? Zach Levine. So that's that's amazing. Um so Vooch definitely had to go. I think Aaron Gordon was um was for sure wanting to get out. I think there were already rumours anyway prior to that that he wanted out anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know whether you remember this, but I can't remember when it was, maybe a year, I can't remember exactly when it was, but there was a photo of him or someone signing with a board in the locker room and his name was on there for because they were talking about trades. This must have been two or three years. I can't remember exactly when this was, but it was like, it turned into a bit of a funny meme and, and basically it was like, it, it was basically like, yeah, he's, he's going. And if the management don't ship him out, he'll just he'll just try and make waves and just get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gutted about Aaron Gordon because, yeah, I mean, like, apart from just the craziest bunnies in the world, he mm. he he is a hooper, and you know he'll be like that Tobias Harris style where he goes and then suddenly he makes an immediate impact on, like on the squad or like Oladipo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That is what happens in Orlando, right? Like players will leave, and suddenly it'll just be like boom, right, skyrocket. Mm. It's like it's like they literally they set up players to go and do their thing. Don't bother doing your thing here; just go and do your thing somewhere else. That's great. Reminds me a lot of Arsenal, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) We're going through a lot of pain right now, but never mind that. (laughs) In the Magic's defense, though, Oladipo did make a quick pit stop at OKC, where he was kind of doing a little bit. Yeah, oh, that's true. That there is, is that. true. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. But I mean, like, um, yeah. And as far as Fournier is concerned, I mean, look, I mean, he can he can knock down some shots. Uh, I was, un, I, I was a bit, you know, I wasn't I wasn't that gutted um, about him going. But collectively, yeah, yeah, like collectively, that's that's hard. But the reality is, it's like if it's not working, you've got to do something about it, and. But when, but literally, it was like one. I don't know whether you guys felt this, but like when it was like one after the other, and it was just like, boom, okay, gone, boom, gone, boom, gone, and I'm just like, what do we get in return? <laughs> Honestly, like I was seeing, I was seeing all the world bombs just being dropped, like tweet after tweet for after real, tweet, and then I saw Terence Ross say uh, he posted the straight face emoji, and then people were like, what? And then he's like. They're unloaded the truck, man. Like everybody's yeah. going. He had the I meme. Was, I'm, I, the, I'm the captain now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man, what a time! What a time! Yeah, that was crazy. That was absolutely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you said, with Vooch, um, he yeah he can't really pass up that opportunity to go and play with Zach Levine. Like with them two together, um, obviously they have Kobe White there as well. Um, mm. Otto Porter. I oh, wait. Did Otto Porter get traded in that deal? Might have. Um, but yeah, they have a really talented squad there. They have a really talented squad. 
Um, and it, yeah, it was too big an opportunity for him. But yeah, with with that being said, I mean, you, uh, with trades, as we all know, players have to come in the other direction. Um, so yeah, how do you feel about the pickups that um, the Magic got in the trade? Obviously, you picked up Gary Harris. You know, he picked up Wendell Carter. Gary Harris, obviously, a very, very talented guard. Um, mm-hmm. Came off an injury um, from, was it last season or the beginning of this season as well that crossed over? Um, but he's proven himself to be, you know, a very reliable scorer. I think in eight, 17, 18 season, he averaged about 17 points per game. Um, I think he was averaging about four or five assists, good amount of rebounds as well. So he's a very talented player. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, went down in the Beckham order with the rise of Jamal Murray, but very talented. Wendell Carter, third-year player, double-double machine as well, pretty much. Lower end on points, but still gets it done on both sides of the floor as well. So, yeah, how do you feel about them? Um, look, I'm, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased that we got them and they're solid players. Um, I would rather have kept Vooch and Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, hey, look, I mean, you know... Um, Great players, very strong. But I mean, RJ, like to get RJ Hampton, yeah, is for me is a a bigger deal. Yeah. And um, and I, I'm sure you know I'm delighted to get onto this point at any point when we talk about Cole. But like at any point, you want to raise him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get these. No, I'm, I'm desperate. I'm desperate. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Um. No, look, I mean, like the, the reality is that the like Orlando and the organization had to, had to do something, and um, if they feel like they can do something with these guys, then then great. If they can feel they can they can bring something, but you know, it's not going to happen this season. Mm. But but who knows? Who knows? Maybe they can you know turn the team around, and um, you know, the, the the reality is like all these guys, and I know it seems stupid because they're in the NBA, so of course, but they are hoopers, right? Mm. <laughs> The guys, the guys that came along, they they are hoopers, but uh, we we just got to see see them develop. You know? Yeah, see see the team develop. I mean, they're you know everything from rotation, like strategy, everything just is new. Like all the players are new. The whole strategy has to change. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I say interesting in terms of like agonizing. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, I did kind of commend the Magic for being brave enough to kind of, you know. Well, I mean, initially, they were that one kind of team that was always like, all right, this is our roster. This is who we've got. Let's just go for it. Let's see how many games we win. Whereas, like, a lot of teams that were like, okay, we're not challenging for a title, so blow it up. Um, The Magic were kind of always trying to stick with, you know, stick with Gordon, stick with Vooch. And I think they got to a point where it's like, all right, cool. We've tried this for a few years now. We've given these guys a chance to develop. This is our ceiling. So let's, let's try and let's, let's give some of these younger guys the opportunity, you know, let Vooch go elsewhere, let Gordon go elsewhere, let Fournier go elsewhere. And we're kind of seeing little bits of it. We're seeing kind of the byproducts of it. You know, Cole Anthony, you know, we've got, we got there. Don't worry, we got there. (laughs) Cole had that, Cole had that. You know, he's had a few games. You know, he had the uh, Minnesota game as well, where he hits that um, big shot towards the end. Yeah. And again, um, yesterday. So I think so long as you have that, it's kind of similar to what OKC is doing. You kind of let those young guys develop and just be aware of the fact that it's going to take time. And I feel like you have the right front office for that. Like they're patient enough front office, it seems. So it could be good in a few years. You could kind of reap the benefits of it, hopefully. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yeah. like, like Cole is a natural leader, right? And you need someone like him on the floor that has that mm-hmm. kind of that has that energy. 
Mm. What's, what's interesting is like when if you remember like Jameer Nelson, yeah, like, like he was a solid point guard, yeah, right, and he had a lot of energy, he had a lot of great moves. Caused me a um, lot of problems on TK Eleven, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like he 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 was great, but um, but from a point of view of like, I don't you can't really compare them exactly, but there's a certain put it this way, there's a certain level of energy that Carl Anthony brings. But he backs it up. That's the point. Mm. He is not afraid to make a shot. And you need one person like that on every team that is not afraid to make that shot. That's like a Zach Levine mentality. That's a Dame Lillard mentality. It's a, you know, maybe it's even a Booker mentality or whatever it is. You know, yeah. if he wants to take that shot, he's he's gonna be the one that takes it. Mm. And um and he he will help the magic, like he he will help take them over this like bump. Yeah. I say mm. bump. Like the bump of like this, like just blowing up the entire team. <laughs> but he will, he will, and he plays like a, you know, he has that kind of like Lamelo swag mm. out of him. Uh, it's like a slightly more mature Lamelo swag. Yeah. I still yeah. see Lamelo like, so like no, that's just how I see him. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it, he's he's good to watch. Like oh, and, and like and the and the guys will gel. And like I said, RJ as well. Like that guy is crazy. He's a great player. So, yeah. So yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> hey, in a few years' time, let's jump back on this pod, and we'll talk about we'll talk about them getting into the NBA finals. <laughs> <laughs> a few years. I mean, it won't be that long till you're back, but most certainly, we'll definitely yeah. we'll definitely chop up once the team has gone through a bit of growth. But For like sure. like you guys said, like you guys said, um, he's been doing amazingly recently, and ever since they've blown it up, actually, he's been doing exceedingly much better than he was doing before. After blowing up the whole team, getting rid of those three players, mm. he's been averaging 15, 5 and 5, which is fantastic mm. to be fair, for a rookie. So those are really, really good strong numbers. I think he's shooting 34% from three. So he's doing well. He's doing well. Um, and like numbers. you said, he's, he's the one to take the shots as proven by last night's performance. You know, it's funny because some of these players that, you know, like um, Clinton, like when he was at UNC and he was getting blown up on stuff like overtime, and sports center and stuff like that. Mm. Um, when you're starting to see the kind of player that he is, like obviously for us, not being in the States, it, like college, watching the college game, it can be a lot harder for us, you know, because we're already watching the NBA. <laughs> we're already like trying to follow this. And then it's like watching the young guys coming into the NBA. And, um, and so that's quite tough. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Bruin, right? So like I studied, I studied at UCLA for a year. So like mm. I'm a Bruin, I'm a Bruin through and through. That's, that's my squad. But um but I love watching all these other guys. And, um, and interestingly, like you saw Cole Anthony being blown up on social media a lot. Yeah. And then I started to take notice and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, this guy, this, he can play for sure. And now watching him at Orlando, it's like, oh, okay, he really backs it up. Yeah. But I love guys like that. You know, if they've got energy, they're bringing something to the team. And, yeah. you know, and they're all about the team as well. You know, there's yeah. just something about him that feels like he's he's going to be a big glue for the team in in for many years to come. Hopefully, sometimes Orlando yeah. feel like they don't want to get rid of him. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, but also wanted to ask you guys about um, a couple other players that you know they weren't involved in the trade, but you know they've been at Orlando and they could prove to you know potentially fill those gaps in the future. You got Mo Bamba and you got Jonathan Isaac. Mm. I think Jonathan Isaac currently injured. I think at the moment, isn't yeah. he? Both yeah, two very you know high ceiling players. So I wanted to get you, uh, you guys thoughts on that where they could potentially head. Do you feel like they'll be able to fill those gaps, or maybe not quite enough? 
Oh, Sam, I'll let you answer this one first. <laughs> um, <laughs> with Jonathan Isaac, I don't know. You have to see how he kind of comes back from injury and how he kind of um, gets back into the swing of things. I feel like with Mo, I don't want to call him bust because I know people are like very liberal with that word these days. I feel like he hasn't had the opportunities to kind of be what he can be. But I think from what, you know, you kind of seen from college and, you know, you look at his physique and you look at his abilities, he has a really, really high defensive ceiling. Like, offensively, I think he'll, he'll get to a point where he's, he's all right, he's serviceable. But, like, his defensive ceiling, is, I think, is ridiculous. Kind of reminds me of um, Mitchell Robinson. So, mm-hmm. if he can get that time, he can get those reps. Now there's, you know, Vooch not being there. He should get more minutes in the rotation in the five spot. And, you know, he'd be a great great kind of player to develop especially now like towards the the back end of the season just getting him getting him those minutes build his confidence up kind of put that trust in him like all right cool go on hoop do what you can and let's build from there I think he could be very very valuable Jonathan Isaac mm, not sure yet see after he has to come back because it was a bad injury but yeah I think Mo has an opportunity to shine for, for sure definitely I mean he's he, he's there he's like incredibly athletic for sure yeah I mean, I, I actually, I'm, I'm really gutted about Jonathan Isaac because I really liked him as a player. Mm. Um, yeah, good in his role. I think he was averaging like nine or ten points or something like that. Um, you know, free throw percentage even. Like, you know, don't, you know, don't knock that down. Like, that's, that's important too, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, high free, free throw percentage, something like 8% or something like that. Um, you know, he just, he brought something to the team that was really, really solid. And, um, and so I really, I was really gutted when he, when he went down, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So I think, I think Mo, they, I feel like he's waiting for his time to shine. It's going to come for sure. Um, but a bit like, a, maybe a bit like DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. you know, where people were expecting a little bit more from him. Yeah. You know, when he started off. So maybe there'll be more, like more to come. Hopefully we'll, we'll see. How about you, Adi? What about you? I think that, I think that you guys are selling Bamba a bit short. I think they're selling Bamba a bit short. With Isaac, I completely agree. We do need to we do need to wait and see a little bit. Um, I think what did he did he tear his was it ACL or meniscus or something like that? I can't remember which one. Oh, something like that. I can't remember. It was, exactly it was a bad was. injury. Oh, yeah. bad injury. So so yeah, that one, yeah, we'll definitely need to wait and see because that can yeah, change. Yeah, it was it was a torn ACL, yeah. Yeah, that, that can change a player, but players have come back from it. I think Zach Levine. Mm-hmm back from that um obviously yeah. Katie's coming back from that so you know players have come back from it so you know it's not that a, a career anything but it potentially can be so we'll just need to keep an eye on his kind of recovery um and you know how Orlando treats him because it's not only on him it's how Orlando manages his his return so but I think he was a player that you know offered quite a lot on both sides of the ball and as you said Martin quite a lot of intangibles he was, he was a player that really brought the team together I think as a um, yeah. and I, he was very much like a, a I, I think he's pretty much a natural born leader in my opinion um, on both ends of the ball and he was really like an anchor for the team mm. um, and with Bamba he can shoot that's one thing that people forget he's a big that can shoot he can shoot yeah. the ball really well for a guy of his size and as you guys said a very very strong defensive presence so I think he he has the opportunity to really become a player, who can I compare him to? Because I'm not going to say anything crazy like Giannis, because that's that's I'm not, <laughs> okay. That's why. That's why. But I, I feel like he could yeah. become a player like 
Um, hmm. I, I would say a Joe Harris that can defend, but not as good a shooter. Not as good a shooter, but okay. a Joe Harris that could. Like, I, who's who's a who's a five that can stretch the floor? Okay. Um. What's his name? A Gasol, but he can't pass as well. Okay. Okay. Something okay. like that. A Gasol, but he can't really pass as well. Okay. That that's it's, that's what I would say. That's why I'd say that he's headed. Like a ro- like role player in that way. Mm, you can see, you can definitely. Start, it, it all depends. It all depends on his growth because he, if any five that can stretch the floor, you have a good future ahead of you. Any because that me that gives you something ahead of um, loads of other players like I don't know, like your old school DeAndre Jordan, your Dwight Howards. They're great players, but as soon as you drag them out of the paint. Yeah, it becomes yeah, a problem yeah. for them. So as soon as you can uh, you can defend players like Jokic, players like Embiid, you know you have something good going for you because you can get about the court. So I think that's good. That's good for him. But I feel I feel like people send him a bit short. Send him a bit short. I have faith in him. I have faith in him to become something. Whether he'll, I don't think he'll become a star player. He won't be an all star. I don't think he will go that far. But he will definitely become somebody that you know he will be a sort of. A starter in many teams, not many teams, but in a good a good pool of teams, a starter quality, um, and yeah, I think that will be a ceiling, but not kind of like just a defender, and that's his. That's pretty much. It. I feel like yeah, he's got a bit more to. Right, he's yeah, got a bit fair. more to. But I also wanted to quickly ask: Is there anyone that you feel like could fill the gaps at Orlando, or is there anyone that you want that can maybe you know push Orlando? You know, a bit higher than they are because I think they're sitting about where are they sitting? Um, oh, dude, fourteenth yeah. at the moment. Yeah, fourteenth in the conference in the Eastern yeah. Conference. But is there anyone that you feel can maybe change the destiny of Orlando? Um, I mean, as in, as in, anyone that is actually potentially could be traded, or okay, anyone that could potentially come over. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, obviously, you have your guard position. You got your Cole Anthony, you got your Gary Harris, you got your RJ Hampton. I don't see you wanting to replace them anytime soon. No, but obviously, no, no. at your three, four, and five, you got some. You got some room there to make some moves, should you want to. So, is there anyone that you'd be looking at saying, ah, oh, maybe you might want him to make his way over? It. I'd be willing to trade them, get rid of Bamba, maybe oh, Isaac. Man. Them. That is, oh, that's 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 tough. I mean, I. Oh. Wow. It depends if like if you were saying if there's any athletic all-star that plays four or five, I'm like, yeah, okay. Honest, <laughs> <laughs> give me a D. Yeah, give me anyone. Yes. No, seriously, but I was like, I was like, I don't want to sound like a dick on this, but like like do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I hear that. But yeah. um yeah, I mean like what about like um I was thinking like you know, maybe we could get like a DeAndre Jordan, but I don't think that would make. A, I mean, I, I don't think. What about yeah. like a, what about like a Rudy Gobert? What about could we get someone like him along? I don't know whether it would make a huge, huge difference, but I don't know. I don't know whether we have the opportunity of actually trading for anyone that is solid enough that's that's willing to come over. Go to on. be fair, in my opinion, I personally think the Jazz will part ways with them at some point in the next few years. Mm. They're gonna because- have. To- they're gonna have to because they can't go much further than what they have right now, and they're not gonna win a chip with what they have right now. So they know yeah. that they have to replace him. You're not replacing Mitchell. You're not no. really gonna look at replacing Condi because he's still doing quite well for a guy, and that's what yeah. 33, 34. He's still putting yeah, up man. good numbers. Great. Yeah, yeah. 
his position. And who's playing out there for? Bogdanovic, I think. Bogdanovic. So, those are all I players would... that I don't think you'd replace. But Gobert, a guy who can't stretch the floor, he's extremely good defensively and he gets you double doubles. But when you're gonna, he's getting cooked by Jokic on a nightly basis. So. Well, there you go, Jokic. I'll take, I'll take Jokic. <laughs> You just gave me free range. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, I was actually thinking, what's his name? He's in Houston right now. Mine's gone blank. Names. Christian Wood. Yes. Someone like him. Or, and again, my mind's gone completely blank with names. You're going to have to bail me out again. But in Detroit, he was on the Nuggets roster like a season ago. Um, Wait. Nuggets roster. Oh, Grant. Yes. Yes. Um, Jeremy Grant, yeah. Jeremy Grant, I think yeah, yeah. someone, someone like that, someone that's like borderline, borderline all star, mm. you know, young, great amount of potential. I think that would be kind of what you're looking for, because yeah, I yeah. think, like for Orlando, it's just it's just another one of like the twenty or teams in the league that's gonna struggle to kind of keep any any like good players just because they're not really um, a free agent destination. I think having a player like that. You know, with a young core, would be like fantastic. Like, because there's room to grow before they, you know, perhaps inevitably part ways, or if you have them before they get to that point, or prevent them from getting to that point where they actually want to stay and win, then you know that would be. I think that would be tremendous for Orlando, someone like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do you know who I really want to see again? Trevor Ariza. Mm. I rate He'll him as a... find his way there. I rate he, him probably will. he probably will. I rate him as a player so much, though. Like, yeah. I really, I really do. I really like his game, and it was just, hey, look, I'm, I'd be happy to have him back on the floor and just, you know, doing yeah. his thing, doing his thing, making some nice shots. Well, I hear yeah. that Trevor Ariza is a he's a player like he was a really good three and D um on his day um you know and a good leader as well, veteran presence. He's a guy yeah. that he, he's been in a lot of locker rooms now. I think he's the most traded player, isn't he? <laughs> I think he might be, yeah. Probably been on the most amount of teams or something like that, right? Yeah. I think it's 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. He's definitely a good player and somebody that I feel like um, he, he's been he's been used as a player that is kind of like he's the most expendable so we'll get rid of him. It's not <laughs> like he's bad so we're going to trade him. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I think honestly, he's just a nice trade piece. Yeah. Never a team is trying to make a trade. They're just like, all right, put Trevor in it. He's always the thing is he's always an asset, and you know yeah. he he will always bring something every night. Yeah. So like, why not? Yeah. But I do feel sorry for him being traded so much. Honestly, what a life. He's well travelled. Let's think of it like that. Very well travelled. Got a lot of miles on the British Airways. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, also one more thing I wanted to quickly ask: What is your favourite Orlando Magic memory? Oh my god, man! Um... That's a good question. That is a great question. Favourite Orlando memory. Um, great wow. players. Some great plays. So. Oh, incredible plays. Um, I, I want to say something like T Mac going off, mm-hmm. or, or there's there's a lot. Um, you know, one of the, one of the funniest plays is that I watch all the time is when Shaq, one of the first times he ever brought down the hoop, 
Mm. I know this is a random play, right? This isn't exactly like a play. Mm. But it's one of those times when you suddenly realize how much of an absolute monster he is mm. on the court. Now, I love like, I love watching old, like, old table like Penny Hardaway. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. And watching like Dennis Scott play around, right? Who, mm. may I add, is now getting into three on three basketball very heavily. Um, yeah. 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 We've actually, we've actually been in conversation a little bit. So that's been crazy. That's been crazy. But um, I'm just, I'm just throwing that, throwing that name out there. Um, <laughs> but I oh, just love thought I let you know. Um, no, no, no. So, so, but like watching like uh, old school tapes of like Penny, uh, Penny Hardaway and Dennis Scott and Nick Anderson and watching those those guys play. Like when they get into the playoffs against Houston, you know, into the finals against Hakeem the Dream, and just watching some of those plays. Like some of the, some of that stuff is incredible. But but h- hilariously, hilariously, and and obviously T Mac is just wild, like absolutely incredible player. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was actually uh, Shaq's dominance um, for Orlando when he came to the league, yeah. and there's a, there's this incredible clip of him pulling down on the rim and the whole thing just folds. Oh, I love and, that. One. Yeah, love you know it. what I mean. And and that for me is like I know this seems like a really unusual thing to mention, but but that for me is like when a player is just completely asserting his absolute dominance on everyone and you can just you can feel the vibe like this place in this in the whole in the whole arena is just like oh my god yeah like, and he's just like walking away just like boom yeah that's, <laughs> that's that's what i do that's what i do and so seeing seeing like shaq's dominance but but watching um any of the tapes of like any of the tape of like him i say tape any youtube clips um <laughs> of like him and um him and penny Playing mm-hmm. together, it's just absolutely amazing to watch that stuff because um, because Penny Hardaway was such a fluid, smooth player. Mm. Um, he he was absolutely phenomenal, and yeah. so watching him play with a big was basically like the precursor to Kobe Shaq, right? Yeah, that's what it like. Honestly, that's that's how it was because Penny's game was just so smooth, like the way he was getting to the hoop, but then he like he either make a shot or he dish it off to Shaq, and like it's just oh man, that was amazing. So yeah, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let SB take this one. I'm gonna let him go first. To be well, fair, team. doesn't have to be Orlando. Obviously, it can just be your team. Yeah, I think to be fair with um with that with Shaq pulling down um the backboard because there's two and there's one where like um the the kind of like the game clock just completely just swings <laughs> yeah, off yeah. and the whole thing just collapsed. And there's another one where he. You can see he really wants to pull it down. And I think he says so afterwards. And it just literally just so slowly just folds <laughs> as if as if yeah. someone's yeah. reclined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are those are those are tremendous. Um favorite basketball memory. Damn. Um actually no, I know this one. Um 2013 NBA finals, game mm. six, Ray Allen. Oh yeah. That's yeah, my favorite. Yeah. One. It's my favorite one for so many reasons because like, I was watching that game live, even though like I had school in like an hour. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. when he hits the shot, like I'm I'm about to scream, and I remember it's like five thirty in the morning. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that was just that was that's 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 the one. And the announcer just going bang, yeah, yeah, bang. yeah, yeah, yeah that's crazy. I, I was getting ready to close the laptop and yeah. trying a little bit of extra sleep because you know. The fans there were already leaving. 
they were putting the tape out. The, I remember the, the announcers were like, yeah, they've got the tape around. And then Bosch makes that. Bosch, underrated hero from that game, makes the makes the rebound, dishes it. And then later on, um, game save and block against Danny Green. Mm. When, when Danny Green was absolutely on fire that series. I'm pretty sure had the Heat not won, probably got finals MVP. Because he was just killing them. Absolutely yeah, killing them. Yeah. But yeah, that was that's that's the fave. That's the fave one for me. I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Port Orlando. Port Orlando Magic. I'm gonna go with um and so so sorry about this, Martin. I'm gonna go with CP3 Duncan on Dwight Howard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That that has to be my favorite. That has to be my favorite because yeah. CP3 that dunk was mean. That dunk was mean. He absolutely yeah, punched horrible. it on it. CP3 um, from um, so yeah, that that has to be my favorite. And like I said back in the day, again, two K eleven, CPT was causing me all kinds of problems <laughs> around that time. So yeah, CP three and I like him as a player. Moments like that, those are some of the reasons that I love playing basketball. Um, like inspirations of mine as well. So that is has that, to... is that your favorite player? No. Okay. No, he's player? one of them. I'd say he's top three for me. He's okay. top. Um, <laughs> I'd say my favorite player and the reason I started to put in a team that I support is Kyrie. Okay. And he got drafted by the Cavs. And now we are on a very, very, very steep downhill slope. So yeah. Um <laughs> you're, you're in an interesting, times. interesting trajectory for like the next year to listen, listen, from time from time when uh, Kevin Porter Jr. dropped 50 and we traded them away from the second round pick. Um, I knew, I knew that it's tough. Very tough. It's very oh, tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was a that was a very dark evening for me. Um, <laughs> I just <laughs> with Kevin Love just being completely mentally checked. Oh out. my god! Forty Kevin million, Love, man. Not wanting to be there at all. At That's all. hard for me as well because as a Bruin, right? Like I used to, I've seen him play. I've seen him play live. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, his what a roller coaster of a career Kevin Love has had, man. Mm. Like. That guy, like I, I, I respect exactly what he's tried to do, but he's had it quite tough sometimes. Mm. Yeah, honestly. You know. but but yeah. yeah, honestly, that was yeah. That has to be my moment. And I think, with that being said, that is another episode of the rundown. So I just wanted to say a massive thank you to you, mind for coming on for speaking all about GG three X three. And yeah, just the just graceness of your presence, the conversation. It was it was it was honestly a very great, beautiful episode and one that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. Anything you want to mention there as well? I mean, for me, like, well, first of all, like, thanks for giving me the platform and the opportunity to talk about it. You know, like sometimes um, it's very easy to just be in the moment every single time, and just um, which can be a really good thing. And just constantly think about, okay, what else can we do? What else, what else can we do? But, you know, sometimes I, I forget about how much we've done already. Yeah. So, you know, like we've had five tournaments, coached over 200 kids, raised over 16K, like hosted 220 players, whatever it is. Like, you know, it, it's been an amazing, amazing game. Put up 76 nets. So I don't always have the opportunity to really think back about the stuff that we've done, although I'm very proud of it because I'm always trying to do more and more and more. And always, yeah. there's always stuff going on. Like today, there was a clinic 
uh, there's plenty of kids with learning difficulties even today. Mm. And always have the opportunity to like really take a step back. So I really appreciate you guys and um, thank you for giving me the platform to talk about it. But also like, yeah, thanks for letting me talk about magic, man. Like in a positive way. Like I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Anytime. Honored. I'm honored. And I Anytime. appreciate all you guys. I, I would also like to make a point of saying I really appreciate what you guys do as well. Um, you know, you've been running this pod for what, a couple of years now? Mm-hmm. it's difficult to be consistent and to keep having new people on and keep you know keep on that grind so yeah i appreciate everything that you guys do too so i want to make a point of saying that thanks so much appreciate really really appreciate right. so yeah if you want to quickly shout out your socials again for the people just so they can lock into all your content yeah for sure please do please do all right so uh on instagram it's at the gg3x3 same on facebook at the gg3x3 um, I am on Twitter as Martin Diane D Y A N, and you can also go to the website, which is gg3x3.com, and keep an eye out for lots of good stuff coming out over this summer. It's going to be crazy. Amazing! Thank you so much. So yeah, you had the people lock in, tune in, you know, strap in because it's going to be a crazy ride, isn't it? So you feel me? So come on. Uh, so yeah, SB, sign us out, bro. Yeah, my mind has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Look forward to having you again. And for everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being patient with us in our little sabbatical. But we're back now and we'll continue to deliver as high quality content as we can. Catch you on the flip side, people. Peace. Peace.